Welcome to Destiny Spirit. Please join us for this message with Donna Astern. Would you open your Bibles, please, to Romans 12, 2. Tonight I want to talk to you about facing dream busters. Dream busters. Facing dream busters. You know, from... There are so many lessons in nature, aren't there? So many things that we can learn through observation, whether it's through, you know, just watching the way plants and sunsets and the stars and all that, or just living things, the, the creatures that God has put here. I, I find it so interesting that God has given us lessons all over the place. I mean, it's just for, it's just for us to learn from. That's just educational tools, you know, God the ultimate teacher. Well, one of the ones that has really struck me is, um, is the lesson of a crab in a bucket. If a person wants to catch crabs, you put one crab in the bucket, he will climb out because he wants out. But the, the fisherman knows to keep that crab, he doesn't have to put a heavy lid on the top. All he has to do is put the second crab in. But the second crab will make sure to pull down the first one. And that, that's how, that, and you can have two crabs in there, no lid on top, and they will keep pulling each other back down so that nobody gets out. What a story. What an illustration. You know, they, they're not getting out, but they sure don't want the other guy to get out. And I thought, we, I've seen this a lot, you know, we, in some behavior from people. People do this to other people, and we do it to ourselves. We do it to ourselves. We start to, we start to get out, and then we pull ourselves back in. We pull ourselves back down. Ah, no, you can't do that. That's not going to work. Or you have those well-meaning people around you and say, what, are you crazy? You think you're going to do this? You're going to do that? And all of this is that crabby behavior. It's all meant to keep you right there, stuck and in bondage. You know what happens? Now, I don't know what crabs think about this. But if people, when people go to pull you back and tell you you can't, you can't, you shouldn't, don't do it, do you know that part of the reason they do that is because if you don't listen to them and if you actually accomplish what you set out to do, it shows them their own fears, their own weaknesses. You mean I could have gotten out all the time? I could have had a different life? But what we do is we pull each other back in. Nobody does that. Nobody does that. But, you know, the thing is, all through our lives, we're hearing stories all the time of people that did the impossible, of people that broke records, of people who did what they said couldn't be done, right? But so much of the time, it seems there is a paradigm in most people's thinking that says, don't venture too much, don't try too much, because, you know, you might get hurt, you might make me look bad, because I'm not dreaming for too much myself. The scripture that I want you to look at here is Romans 12, 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is. What is that good and acceptable and perfect? Don't be conformed to the rest of the crabby world. The rest of the crabby world isn't much going anywhere and doesn't want you to go anywhere. So let's not be conformed to that image. You know, Jesus was a rule breaker. Jesus showed up and he said, things can't be done. And he broke rules left and right. They said, you can't do that. You can't do that. Who do you think you are, God? And he's like, um, yes, 
and <laughs> just kind of went through and did it, you know? And seriously, it's like we have had all of our lives, people tell us, who do you think you are? What are you doing? Don't do that. And I'm so glad that Jesus did not listen to those people because he got his identity from who God said he was, not from who all those relatives and all those people down at the temple. And I mean, it, it wasn't what they thought that he was capable of because they didn't think much, you know? They didn't think he was capable of very much. That's why they were shocked when he started actually doing some things. How many of you found that to be true? You know, the Bible says, Jesus said, a prophet's without honor, right? Not without honor except in his own country. You know, it's your family that thinks you're nuts. It's the people that grew up with you. They think you're crazy because you are trying to get out of the bucket. You're wanting something else that you have in your life. You know, we read in the Bible, all things are possible. All things are possible. But I wonder how many people actually believe that because if you start talking to some folks, well, you know, all things are possible. They start saying, you can't do that. That won't work. That'll never happen. And I wonder, are we believers? Do we believe all things are possible? Well, we say that we do with our heads, but I'm not sure deep down in the heart that that's where the truth is. You know, we've seen, we say that all things are possible, but, but some people seem to have a permanent, a permanent tendency towards ridicule and scoffing what other people are doing. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine, and, and on the surface, she looks... Cool, confident, together, ambitious, bold, beautiful, smart, everything. You know, she looks like everything on the outside is together. And as I began to talk to her a little bit, she began to open up and she says, nobody knows the death that I died. Nobody understands how hard this is for me, but I have to break out. She says, everybody looks at me and thinks, ah, look at her, isn't that great? It's easy. She says, I would cry at night from the pain of breaking out into my destiny. No. Nobody sees what's going on inside, the price you have to pay to have what nobody else wants, to go for it. You know, I look at some of the people that we know in the body of Christ. You know, you can, you know, Or Roberts is an example of a man who has taken tremendous heat in his life, tremendous criticism for many years, ridiculed, lampooned on national TV, newspaper, everything. And, of course, all of his flaws and weaknesses were magnified, right? But I tell you what, the guy built a university in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> the guy built a legacy of healing because he went and he, he pushed in and determined not to be limited to what everybody else told him couldn't be done. It was many years ago, I was sitting in a discussion group with Oral Roberts, a, a panel discussion, and I asked him, how have you handled the, con the continual criticism that has come your way? Because nobody believed in him, you know, nobody. His whole family was turning against him and everything. He says, I learned a long time ago, I was going one way, the devil was coming another way. We were bound to clash. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? I am glad that he didn't quit. I'm glad that he didn't give in to the discouragement of who told him it couldn't be done. Do you know that actually it was funny because his name is Oral, but, you know, he was born with a speech impediment. His mom named him Oral. It was almost prophetic. You know, there are people, there's look at Kenneth Hagin. Kenneth Hagin was a sickly child. 
almost died or did die and came back, whatever, sickly sickly child. And nobody expected him to live past his teens. And what happened? He wound up with a tremendous healing and deliverance ministry because he didn't listen to what somebody else told him couldn't be done. Okay? Sometimes people will discourage you because they don't want to see you get hurt. Don't try too much. I don't want to see you get your hopes set too high. I don't want to see you get your heart broken. They're trying to protect you from pain. But you know what the truth is? We can't really protect anybody from pain. We really can't. And many of us, we have to learn our own painful way. We have to go through things ourselves. What we have to do in the middle of that is trust that God is good and that God is leading us in the way that is best, that is appropriate for us. And sometimes we're going to suffer and make pain, you know, have pain because of our own mistakes. Sometimes we do everything exactly right and still have pain. It was no fun for Jesus to go to the cross, but he endured it because of what he saw was ahead of him, right? There are some people, they try to use religious platitudes to keep you in the bucket, you know, particularly when it comes to issues of healing, when it comes to uh, issues of, well, you know, God doesn't really do that anymore. They're trying to keep you from believing again. You're trying to get up and believe God for miracles, and they're trying to say, well, you know, he doesn't really do that. What is that but another attempt to keep you back down in the bucket and not to let you out? There are a lot of people, they have such a negative outlook on everything that they don't believe in anything supernatural or, as Jen was saying earlier, like God's not involved, you know. Sometimes I want to say hello to Christians, you know, act like God is in the picture. Factor in God and see if that makes a little difference in, in what's going on here. Because of this, because of all these things, a lot of people have settled left. You know, when children are young, they have great big dreams. I'm going to be an astronaut. I'm going to be a scientist. I'm going to be that. You know, the older that we get, the more that people have a tendency to give up on dreams and to just begin to settle for something that's just kind of nice and ordinary. The devil sets us up through pain and hurt and disappointment, trying to get us all conformed into the world's image of failure, fear, and giving up and not doing anything great for God. When the Bible says all things are possible and I can do all things through Christ, the devil sets you up and says, well, they can, but not you. Those people were crazy when they prophesied to you. They must have missed it that day. It didn't really apply to you. There are dream busters, things that, dream busters that come to us and they let the air out of our dreams and our hopes just like out of a balloon. You ever have like a, uh, uh, like an inflatable toy that had a slow leak or a, or a ball that had a slow leak. You know, it didn't pop, but it's just gradually, it just didn't have the umph anymore. Gradually, it just couldn't keep afloat. And much of the time, this is what happens. You have a goal, you have a dream, you have an ambition, and then here comes a slow leak taking a little bit of your fire out, a little bit of your hope out to where after a while, why bother? Why do it anymore? Drain busters drain your courage, they drain your strength, and they drain your hope. And they're all things of fears and failures and things that we have believed. That's why the Word is so clear about to get our minds renewed with the Word of God and believe what God has said, not what you've always been told or you've always thought about yourself or what the people closest to you may be telling you. But it's what God has said in His Word, you know. 
Sometimes it's, it's because you grew up here and you'll never amount to anything. Sometimes because money doesn't grow on trees, that's not practical, that's not realistic. Who do you think you are? God doesn't do that anymore. Or you don't deserve it. Or you tried that one time and it didn't work. Anything to keep you from pressing in and going forward. Anything. So many people have decided, you know what, it's too hard to try to do anything for God. It's too hard to believe. Let's just stay where we are and just have a nice, peaceable, settled-in existence. I was thinking about um, when we look at the comparison between what God has said in the Word and then what these other fears and thoughts come to us. You know, you think about it, why are we believing the opinion of a crab rather than the opinion of Almighty God? When the Lord said all things are possible, when the Lord said, you shall lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover, why do we listen to the crab that says, well, that doesn't mean you, or not this time? Okay. Why? Jesus said all things are possible to him who believes. You know, Jesus also taught us that we are not to cast our pearls before swine. And when we have something precious within us, you know, we naturally want to share that with the people that we love. But he cautioned us to be careful. He said, don't cast your pearls before swine because what? They won't value what's precious to you. And instead, they will turn, they will turn on you, right? There are certain people that you just don't open yourself up for full attack, right? There are certain things you hold upon your heart, things that are precious. And I think sometimes that's where our dreams have taken the most beating is because it was something precious to us and we made the mistake of telling the wrong person. And when we told that person, they made fun, they poo-pooed, they ridiculed, they tried to talk us out of it or whatever. And then we came away with our balloon just a little bit more deflated, just not quite having the umph anymore, beginning to second guess, well, maybe I shouldn't, well, maybe I overextended. That's why I love that verse where Jesus said, uh, where it says that in the promises of God are in him are yes and amen. That God is saying yes to the dreams, yes to the desires. Didn't he say that? Ask and it will be given unto you. Seek and you shall find. But we're the ones who put the qualifiers on it. Well, but not that. Well, but not this. That's just limiting thinking. So Jesus has warned us to protect our dream. You know, don't let people who have never done something tell you you can't do it. I used to, you know, do a lot of ministry to folks who came out of traditional churches and they wanted to know about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so I'd teach them about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and I'd pray for them and they'd start speaking in tongues. Now, I'd tell them, you don't go home and ask the people who don't speak in tongues if that was a good idea. Right? <laughs> Right? How, have y'all, how many of you have made some of a similar mistake like that? You know, you got a revelation from God, and then you went and you talked to somebody with no revelation. You know, you have the same thing. You have people that, you know, they don't believe in miracles today. They don't believe that God uses women. They don't believe this or that or whatever. And you make the mistake of saying something. And so then here they're going to come back and try to shoot down your dream. Look, it, you know, it's the same thing. It's like what people are saying... You know, I've heard people say this over and over. You know, nobody reads books, so don't write them. Don't write books because nobody reads them. Somebody said to me, you know, if you want to hide something from the body of Christ, put it in a book. <laughs> it's like, really? <laughs> but, you know, it's like, if you want to write a book, you don't ask people like that 
what do you think about if I write a book, right? How about you go ask somebody who's actually published one or two and ask them what they think, right? You don't ask somebody who's never been on a mission trip. You ask somebody who's been on missions trips, right? You don't ask somebody who's never been healed, never see a healing. You ask somebody who's experienced healing, who sees miracles. Ask them what they think. And it's the same thing, I mean, with anything of life, not just spiritual things, you know, whatever. Goliath ridiculed David's ability to take him. Goliath looked at, at David and said, I'm bigger, I'm meaner, I'm stronger, I'm more experienced. Who are you? You don't have what it takes. How do you know that David did not listen to Goliath, but instead he decided to believe what God said, and David believed in himself because he was in covenant with God. He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? I have a covenant with Almighty God. So he chose to believe in God and believe in himself. Didn't matter. He didn't have the years of military training. Didn't matter he didn't have the armor. Didn't matter the guy didn't even have a sword. It didn't matter. Because he wasn't going to take Goliath's opinion. He was taking God's opinion plus his own. You know, that was another thing that uh, Oral Roberts said one time. I thought was a strong statement. When you... You've heard from God. You've made a choice, a determination, what you're going to do. Confer no longer with, set, with flesh and blood because there's going to be people who will try to talk you out of it. Now, make sure it's God, you know. But once you know it's God, go for it. Amen. <laughs> when you've heard from heaven, when you've heard from God, confer no longer with flesh and blood. That's what Paul did, right? He had his own revelation. He says he no longer conferred with flesh and blood. He didn't ask anybody else if it was okay. He'd heard from heaven. Because of the time, I'm not going to read the story, but we know the story from Numbers 13. When, the, when Moses had sent out the 12 spies into the land, right? They came back, and Joshua and Caleb came back and said, all right, it's a good land flowing with milk and honey. Boy, the grapes are huge. We've got, this is a rich, full, fertile land. Let's go for it. Ten came back and said, okay, that's true, but there are some giants in the land, and we look like grasshoppers to them. Well, Joshua and Caleb didn't think they looked like grasshoppers, but the other ten guys thought they looked like grasshoppers. When they came back and gave that report, the story says that the people were so discouraged, they all just broke down and wept. Do you know an evil report can steal your strength? An evil report can sap the life out of you. The Israelites were ready to go into Canaan and believe God and get the victory God had promised them until ten guys came back and said, we can't do it. It's too hard. And they believed the ten rather than believe Joshua and Caleb, Moses, and what God Almighty had said. You know, Joshua and Caleb said, these guys are our bread. We'll eat them for lunch. We can take them. We can take them. Our God's on our side. But the ten said they, they could not. The Bible says in Numbers 14.36, they made their report, made the congregation grumble against their leadership and against God. And the King James said, it, the NAS calls it a bad report. The King James called it an evil report. 
It was an evil report. These guys, I don't know that they intended to bring evil. I think they were being honest from their perspective. From their point of view, this looks dangerous, y'all, <laughs> right? From their point of view, this doesn't look like a good idea right now. <laughs> but, you know, it was a human point of view. It wasn't based upon faith, hope, vision, or what God had said. It was natural thinking. I'm here to tell you, natural thinking has its place, but it can cut you off from entering into what God has for you. And that's why we got to hear from God first. And what God has said first, what He says about us and who we are first, and then give us the ear to discern what else is possible. So you got ten evil reports. What about the two that said we can do it? Folks, there's a lot of people out there who are listening to the ten. You can't, you can't, you can't. We are hearing this all the time. Well, the economy this. Well, the this, that, and that. You can't, you can't. It is time for us to shake off the crab stuff and start looking at God and saying, God, we can. Okay, let's convert the political slogan. Yes, we can. <laughs> let's, let's convert it. It's a good slogan. Let's apply it to what God has said. When God has said all things are possible, yes and amen. Yes, you can. Don't sit here and go, no, I can't. I can't. It's too hard. I don't think so. God says, yes, you can. The Bible says in Psalm 1-1, blessed is the man who does not sit in the seat of scoffers. A scoffer is one who, <laughs> you're crazy. That's nuts. What are you thinking? Do not sit in the seat of scoffers. I want to I ask you, what is stopping you tonight? You've got a dream. You've got a vision. There's something you want in your life. There's something improvement that you want. What's stopping you and what's holding you back from that? Bible says that a righteous man falls seven times and gets back up again, right? How many of us have had failure and disappointment, right? Everybody's had failure and disappointments, right? What is the plan of the enemy? Knock you down and keep you down. There's a lot of people I've watched, and so have you. They got knocked down, and they never got up, right? It's sad. But the promise is the righteous man falls down but gets up, one more time, one more time, one more time. The righteous man is going to allow the Lord to strengthen him, to fire and energize the vision, the promise, the hope, not only of who God is, but who you are, who God has said that you are. Dig out your prophecies. What did he say? What did he promise? Think about the dream that was once there. Blow the dust off of it. What was that one great thing you thought you'd do? But you got knocked down once, twice, three times, four times. It's time for us not to be conformed to the rest of the world. There are too many people that are knocked down and they're out for the count. It's time for us to get back up again. To get back up and get a dream again and to believe God. Maybe be a little more cautious, gain some wisdom from our past mistakes, right? I mean, you know, I look at it as, well, what I learned. If I hadn't learned something, it was a waste of time. I should have learned something. For all that pain, right? I should have. Should have learned something. Because of that, we also want to be encouragers of one another's dreams and visions. Did you know that Barnabas' name was not Barnabas? That was his nickname. The apostles called him Barnabas, which meant son of encouragement. Because he was the guy that walked around and said, you can do it. I believe in you. They just finally named him, there he is, Encourager. Mm -hmm. That was his nickname. You know, I'd rather be known as Barnabas 
than the scoffer. Crazy people, what are y'all trying to do? No, let's encourage one another. Let's encourage one another. You know, because that's what everybody needs. We need some air pumped up in our hope, some air pumped up in our dreams again one more time. To stand together, I'll pray with you, I'll believe with you. Maybe I know a resource, maybe I know a person. You know, what can we do to support and to encourage one another in these things? Now, I want you to just take a few moments and, and think. When you think about the things that you wanted for your life, you know, nobody's life has turned out how they want it to. Probably the last five years has been nothing like what you thought, okay? It's just life. That's how it is. There's bumps. There's t- twists and turns. But if you think about what you had always wanted for your life, what about your dream? When you think about that, do you have any sense of an internal crab pulling you down? Any sense of internal resistance? That didn't work. Don't even believe again. Don't get your hopes up. Don't go there. That's an internal crab. And it's based upon some kind of, fault, of failure, of pain, some words, or some lie you have believed because truly all things are possible. Dreams come from God. Dreams come from God. You know, I was thinking about this today is, would that we all became the men and women that God dreamed that we would. What was God's dream for you? What was his dream for me? Hey, we're breathing, we got time. It's good, it's good. What was his dream? You know, you think about it. He had something unique and special and wonderful in mind for each one of us. And yet the devil came around and said, not you. Maybe your parents said, not you. Maybe life circumstances. Maybe you made lots of mistakes and got beat down to where you don't want to believe it anymore. But that doesn't mean that God's dream for you has changed whatsoever. What's stopping you? Is there something maybe inside that God wants you free from? Maybe it's a mindset. Maybe it's a fear. Maybe you're fearful of what would happen if your dream actually came true. Maybe it's it's a fear of failure or a failure of success or fear of success. Maybe it's that you won't be good enough or you'll hurt people. Whatever it is, this is something that is standing in the way of you having what God dreamed for you. If you think about what's holding you back. Ask yourself this question too. Is that internal belief true? If what's holding you back is I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not young enough, I'm not thin enough, I'm not this enough, I'm not that enough, it doesn't matter. Whatever it is that tells you why you can't, ask yourself, is that true? I mean, I think we look around the diversity of the human race and we've seen people of both genders, all ages, all backgrounds, all education, all everything, accomplish all kinds of things. Has there been anybody in this world who's ever done something similar to the thing that you wanted to do? Well, yes, right? Sure. So it can be done. And if they can do it, we can do it, right? I remember years ago, I just decided that I was reasonably intelligent, so I could assemble a lawnmower if I had directions. Because I figured I could follow directions. Never done it before, don't consider myself mechanical at all, but you know what? I did it just because I figured I was reasonably intelligent. 
And I figured there's things I've looked at, well, you know, if he can do it, I can do it, right? Why not? Why not? Is it possible that God wants something better for you than what you want for yourself? I want us to pray for a minute. Father God, in Jesus' name, I ask, Lord God, that you, by your Holy Spirit, would put the finger on every dream buster that has stood to hold us back, to keep us from moving forward with the lives that we want to live, with the dreams, with the ministry, with the business, with the goals, with whatever that we once wanted for our lives, or maybe we still do. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you begin to put your finger on everything that stands in the way, that little crab that keeps pulling us back, that little lie that we believe, that fear, those setbacks, those failures from our past, those things that, that want to just steal our hope and our energy. And I ask, Lord God, that you'd show us where the weakness is on the inside of each one of us. Where is it that we think we don't deserve it? Where is it that we think that we're not strong enough? Where is it that we think that you won't come through? Lord God, I praise you for the examples of nature, but I also praise you, Lord God, for all of your promises. I thank you, Lord God, for all the dreams, the prophecies, the visions, the hopes that you have given us, that, Lord God, these were birthed from your heart into us for the change, for our, not only our own lives, but for the earth. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come breathe afresh, that, Lord God, that you would be so diligent to break us out of every chain, of every shackle, of every limitation, of everything that seeks to bind us and hold us back and keeps us from walking in the fullness of what you have for us. Lord, raise up Davids here who are not intimidated by Goliath. And raise up here, Lord God, Joshua's and Caleb's who will give a good report and an encouragement to every dream that they hear, to encourage and to come alongside and say, I believe it can be done. Father, I ask you, forgive us for being scoffers. Forgive us for the times where we've shrunk back from the vision that you've given us. And breathe hope and strength into our hearts again. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us. For more information about Destiny Spirit, additional teachings and training events, please visit our website at www.destinyspirit.com or you can write to us at Destiny Spirit Apostolic Network, P.O. Box 15252, Chesapeake, Virginia, 23328. Thank you and God bless you.